0: my goodness, that, that lead up was something else, right? So the worship, I'm like, oh, that, that song really plays well with what's going on today in this message. And then the next song, and I was like, okay, he obviously took our conversation that we had the other day, and he was like, worship team, let's make this real good. Go ahead and play all these songs. Uh, but when he said that that wasn't planned, then that just gets me even more excited, um, because I have to be honest, Pastor Trevor, yesterday, um, the Lord kind of spoke a very specific word, and so it's a little different, but definitely in line with identity. And um, he was just kind of speaking, and I was trying to keep up with writing, and I am just thrilled, thrilled to be here with all of you today. Thank you so much. Um, He spoke a little bit about me, but just some more of the, the personal sides of things, I If we can go ahead and show a little bit, there's my confidence monitor so I see what's going on in the screen. Um, But a little bit more about me is, yes, um, I've been married to my high school sweetheart for 15 years. And there's a picture of our family there. Um, I also do a lot with my sister in Babe Support Babes. Um, We have a thriving community in San Antonio with about 90 members. Um, And it's really just a way for us to gather and really support one another. And you know, because sometimes making friends as adult is hard. Anyone else? Maybe it's just me. (laughs) When you have four kids, you don't have a whole lot of time to go and make friends. And so sometimes you need someone to help you do that. And that's what my sister and I do. It's the picture with the four women um, on the bottom corner. And we put on events for women um, all over San Antonio. And so it makes it a lot easier for them. Um, Just some new things that I'm kind of into right now. I love water slides. Um, My daughter and I went to a water park just recently. And I let go of all my inhibitions and just went down that slide as many times as I could because it was extremely fun. Um, And just another little fun fact, I finally took a singing lesson. I've been wanting to do that for years, for years. In fact, I was on his praise team for like two months, maybe, uh, because life got a little busy, but um, signed up for Pastor Trevor's praise team, and I was singing with him for like two months Um, So finally took that singing lesson um, last month. So those are just some little fun facts because I think it's really important, especially as women, is that we know things about ourselves that are beyond the roles and the responsibilities that we do. Right? Because we're celebrating Mother's Day today and I think that's fantastic. But you're more than just a mom. You're more than just a wife. You're more than just a sister or a friend or a congregant. You have some incredibly special things about you. And what I found in my own life is that I became really in touch with all of those things. And so, yeah, he read my bio. And all of those things are fine and they're exciting. But that's not who Leslie is. Leslie are all the fun things, those fun facts, the little nuances that you wouldn't know in a bio that was read about me. And so I am just so excited to be here today. When Pastor Trevor said that he was going to have an entire series called Girl Power, (laughs) I thought, what a bold move. You are going to preach an entire series about girl power and about women of the Bible. And he told me um, at the time he wanted me to close it up and end that series. Um, But then Precious Lindsey went into labor a little earlier than expected. So now I'm kicking that series off with all of you. Um, But I tell women this all of the time. And as a woman that is sitting here in this building in 2022, what there is no greater time in history to be a woman today Because the things that we have available to us, although it's not perfect, and sure, we have ways to go, but I want you to think back to the time of your mother and your grandmother and the options that they had. They were limited. They didn't have as much as you and I have. And I have found that today, I can literally craft the life that is in my favor And I get to live that life out, and I wouldn't be able to do that if I wasn't a woman that God ordained to live in this time. So this is why Girl Power and this series is so exciting. And so the power, the superpower that I want to talk about today um, is the power to remember. Remember. Now, no, no, it's not uh, successfully juggling multiple schedules. I'm sorry if you were coming to hear about that superpower. Um, It's not volunteering at every kid's extracurricular activity. No, it's not that either. Um, And I wouldn't even say it's uh, faithfully serving within the church every Sunday. Today, I want to talk to you about the power to remember. And to remember, a lot of times you have to go back, and so I actually want to take us way back, way, way back to the book of Deuteronomy, and we're actually going to focus there in Deuteronomy 4, 5 through 9. But before jumping into that scripture and reading it together, I want to give a little context. I'm a huge storyteller. I love stories, and so sometimes when I get into the Word and I read the scripture, I'm like, I'm a little lost. I don't know what you're saying. What are you talking about? where am I? Let me give you the story. So here are the Israelites, right? Moses is speaking to the entire group of Israelites, and they are on the brink of about crossing over to the promised land. So how long were they spending in the desert? Remember, how long were they there? They were there 40 years. In fact, an entire generation of them didn't even get to that moment because they had all died. They had spent 40 years going around and around and around. And finally, they are about to cross the Jordan River into the land of Canaan. And Moses pauses. And he says, there are some things that we need to remember before we go into this promised land. And so he's gathering them all together. And he wants to go over four very specific things one, he wants to remind them, this is where you came from, their history, the history of their people. He also says, this is who you are because of the covenant that you have made between yourself and God. God established this covenant between us, and we want to remember that. He also says, this is who God is. We can't forget, this is who God is. And then finally, this is what must be passed down to the next generation. So if you're in Deuteronomy 4, verses 5 through 9, I'm going to read it here. You can follow along with me, or you can just close your eyes and think of this scene, of what that must have been like. You see your promised land across the river. You're about to take it, and Moses is addressing you. And he says, See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations, who will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely. This great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord, our God, is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. So, although Moses died right before going to the Promised Land, so he kind of gave that wonderful speech and then he didn't get to go. He passes that baton of leadership on to Joshua, the new leader, and Joshua takes the children of Israel across the Jordan River into the land of Canaan, and they take possession of it. It was a seven-year process, and 20 years later, Joshua is on his deathbed. And he says these words that I thought were really profound. He said, still, very much of the land of Canaan remains to be possessed. Did you know that? So I remember I was reading through Joshua, and I thought Canaan was like the, the once they took Canaan, they had the entire promised land. But did you know that there were actually many cities that God wanted the Israelites to conquer city after city after city? I thought it was just one. I thought they got one and done. You go, we got it, great. Milk and honey, we're all good now. But there were many. And the Israelites, unfortunately, they stopped short of all that God wanted them to conquer and possess. And so Joshua, at the end of his life, he says those words, very much of the land of Canaan remains to be possessed. What were the consequences of that then? not taking fully of what God wanted for them. Generations pass, right? And the result of not fully conquering the land ended in the remaining Canaanite people, so the people that were already there, the native people, having extreme influence on the people of Israel, the Israelites. So much so that they stopped teaching their children about the things, about what they were supposed to remember. It all got watered down. All of a sudden, no one could remember that big old speech that Moses talked about. Wait, where do we come from? Wait, what was our history? Wait, what was that covenant? And now, the native religion of the Canaanites are embraced by the Israel people. They forgot. They forgot. You know, sometimes when I think about the promised land (laughs) um, and kind of my own promised lands and the experience of my own life, it actually makes me think about motherhood. I don't know of any other mothers here. When you weren't pregnant and you were thinking about maybe starting a family, you really epitomize everything about motherhood. You look at it and you're like, oh, just to have that little baby. And I just want to put it in the little kangaroo pouch in front of me, in my stroller, and I'm going to get all those things, and they're going to love me. <laughs> they're going to love me unconditionally. They're just going to, I'm just going to be the super mom to them. And so we just think about motherhood, and we put all this emphasis on the promised land ahead of us, and we just want the fruit of the promised land. And for some of us, right, we do get to enter into that pregnancy. And in that season, what is it all about? About baby showers and baby socks and baby gear. And everyone is giving you all this advice about what you can expect. And you are just gearing up to experience the best time of your life. This is it. I'm about to step into the promised land of motherhood. Everything is going to be wonderful. Everything is going to be great. All of my problems are going to be solved. Can we go ahead and cue what my promised land looks like for the wonderful people in this audience? Here's my promised land. Let's go ahead and take a look. It says the Owen family on there. There you go, let's see if it plays. No. Okay. Well, that is a video. That's my son, Brett, the oldest. He is crouched down over our little dog that drives me nuts. Um, that dog drives me nuts. The family loves him. That's fine. Mommy, that's questionable. Um, and that video is of, um, that's right. I sent you JPEGs. The video was not embedded in that. Sorry about that, guys. But I can go ahead and describe it to you. You pan to the right and you see a dining room covered laundry covered in laundry I have four kids do you know how much laundry that is no one prepared me for that no one told me at that baby shower that I would spend the rest of my life doing laundry do you know how many of those baby socks turned into bigger socks that no longer match with any socks Do you know what my mother tells me is the problem? Honey, it's your dryer. It just gets lost. Do you need to upgrade your dryer? Really, Mom? I need to spend another $500 to solve this problem of all of these socks? The other day, it was so bad, I dumped them all on the dining room table, and I forced the four of them to sit and pair socks so they could feel what I feel. Uh, that's us like rushing all together so we're rushing all together because we're getting ready for life group that evening Um, and at the very end of the video our three-year-old daughter kind of knocks the camera out of Brett's hands because he was the one that was filming it so there's the promised land yay yay so suddenly motherhood morphs into schedules and work commitments and church and relationships, and trying to make time for adult friendships, as I mentioned before, and our ambitions, and our disappointments, finances, and we're always, always looking for what's next, right? We got in the promised land, the thing that we wanted so badly, and already we're looking, what's next, what else, what more? It's not anything of what we thought it was going to be. And so it's no wonder we forget. We forget where we came from. We forget who we are because of the covenant we made with Jesus. We forget who God really is. And because of the intensity of the season, we forget to pass down what's most important to our children, to our grandchildren. And frankly, to anyone that God has called you to disciple, we forget. You know, instead of pausing to remember, we just add it to the list of things. And so sometimes maybe that feels just shameful. We get stuck in this moment and we're like, how did I get here? How is this all that life is supposed to be? Oh, well, I'll take that. Let's throw that on the list. I'll deal with it later. And that shame of knowing that I'm not enough. It's already one thing that I'm struggling as a mother but now I'm struggling as a child of God and I come to church and I feel like I'm supposed to be living up to this certain person and I'm not. We heard that in that Embrace video. All of these ideas, all of these boxes that these young women believe that they should have fit in and yet they didn't. They forgot They forgot, and so for the next couple of minutes, I'd like to share my own story because I forgot a whole lot, and it's been a couple of years of the Lord reminding me of who I am, just like what that girl said in that video. She said, God reminded me who I was. So three years ago, I was a pastor's wife to a wonderful children's pastor at a very large church. Um, we were doing everything, everything. And when you have that label of Supermom, you wear it with a badge, but no one knows that behind the corner, stuff is going a little crazy. Everything's kind of falling apart. You have no time to really think about anything else except for the next event that you have to be at and you have to make sure that your children are acting right and that they're perfect and they're dressed well. They can't have a fight in the middle of the church service because then what kind of children's pastor's wife are you? You serve your family. You serve your children. You serve to the detriment of yourself because you forget that you're supposed to be taking care of yourself, and you're burnt out, and you're bitter, and you're resentful. But you can't share any of those things. Because remember, that's not what good Christian girls do. So I found myself extremely alone. I didn't fit the mold in that place that I was at because I was a woman with a lot of ambition. I was a woman that wanted to lead. I was a woman that wanted to have a series called Girl Power so she could come up and preach about it. And that just wasn't a thing. And so I tried my best. I tried my best to be that cookie-cutter wife, that cookie-cutter mom, that cookie-cutter perfect Christian woman. And I couldn't do it anymore. So I stepped out of ministry, I decided to take a corporate job, and thought, this is my time. Oh, this is my time. And my friends, I hit the gas pedal real hard. Real hard, because the moment I got to that place, you know what they told me? Oh my goodness, we've been looking for a woman like you. You are so talented. You are, we're gonna fast track you a marketing director. You know how long I, want, I was waiting to hear those words? We are fast tracking you to marketing director. I got promoted in like a month. I was on my way to director. This was it. This is what I had been looking for, waiting for. This was my next promised land. I was gonna be that career woman. Everything was going to be changed. Everything was going to be fixed. And then, knock, 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 COVID-19. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. All four of your children are gonna come home. You're gonna to have to homeschool them. <laughs> what? Knock, knock, knock. Your husband is considered, um, what was it? It was like required, the people that had to go. Knock, knock, knock. Your husband's considered essential so he can never be home. I got this. (laughs) I can do this. Sure. Okay. I'm going to do all the things that I need to do at work. I'm going to homeschool all the children. There were three of them that were in school, a two-year-old. This is going to be great. I was about to launch an email campaign. We had worked so hard on it. Like, so I had come into the office just a couple of times to record all these videos. Everything was set. Everyone had looked at that email. I'm gonna say it again. Everyone on the team had looked at that email. I had been at my desk at that point five hours. I had no idea what my children were doing in the other room. Brett was not there. So I thought, I really have to go to the bathroom, number one. And two, maybe I should go check on the kids. I schedule the email. I walk away. Go check on the children. They're decent. They're fine. They're alive. I go back. My phone is blowing up. (laughs) My Slack messages on the computer are blowing up. Why? Why? Because the email had a broken link. And it wasn't working. And it had already been sent to thousands of people. And my VP was calling me. And all of the people on my team were calling me. Do you know what he said to me? He said, You never walk away. You never walk away when you launch a campaign. How could you have done that? You put us in a bad spot. And at that moment, you want to explain yourself, but no one, no one had been through a pandemic. No one had ever had to homeschool children at the same time of doing the work that didn't let up. No one had ever done that. And so he was accusing me of something that he himself had never been through. And yet I took that as, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. So instead of pausing, I hit that gas. I stepped down that out really hard. And I just did more. And I did more to prove myself. And at about that time, um, if you don't listen (laughs) to the things inside of yourself, your body starts to break down. (laughs) And so if you don't listen to the stress and the emotions, your body will tell you that you are And so I was having chronic, I was sick all the time, chronic styes, it was the weirdest thing. So I'm going up with like one eye, (laughs) I couldn't see out of one eye, I'm, I'm not kidding, sometimes twice a month, look at my husband, he'll prove it to you, and my children. They're like, you have another one, Mom? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know what's, the, what's going on. I don't know. It's fine. I am so anxious and at the same point can hit such a low. And then ultimately, my family was just completely neglected because the job, that was what was most important. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. I raised the red flag. They tried to offer me another job at the company that would have paid me significantly less, doing something I did not have any interest in doing. And so last year, May of 2021, I took a big old leap of faith. I stepped out, and I said, there has to be more to this. There has to be more to life. I can't keep hitting the the brakes when I'm going too hard, and then stepping on the gas because I don't think I'm going fast enough. I can't keep doing this whiplash, this whiplash of motherhood, this whiplash of being a woman in 2022. I can't keep doing this. And so I left, and I resigned. And I didn't have a job to go to, and I was going to do it on my own. And I had done some marketing consulting before, and I figured God would make a way And in that process, I found myself so completely stripped down to nothing. I didn't have any ministry title anymore. We had left the church that we were at. All of that platform that we had built over all those years, everybody knew who we were, everybody knew who our kids were, our children left that school. We all, our family of six, all of us, started from ground zero. And I don't know if you've ever gotten to that point in your life, but sometimes when you're forced to stop, when you have nothing, nothing that even resembles who you were, it's scary. And I remember being in this place, sitting in my office one day and just looking at scripture because Psalm 139 was always my favorite psalm. But in that season, it was even more profound. Because Psalm 139 says, you search me, O God, and you know me. And I sat alone at my desk and I said, you don't search for something unless it's lost. And I told him, I don't know who I am. I don't remember. Will you help me find her? And that's what he did. And this past year has been one of the hardest years of our life. In my relationship with Brett. In my relationship with my children. In my relationship with myself. But I had to pause. I had to remember Because the things that I longed for, the things that I thought I was going to do, it just felt like those dreams were gone. But slowly, slowly but surely, I began to take these big steps of faith and said things like, you know what? I want to be there for my family in a way that my family thrives. But I also want to honor the gifting and the calling that God has put in my life. Because ultimately, the mission that God has given all of us is to go into the world and to make disciples, to love him, to serve him. That's the overall mission. And I was getting so caught up in that, should I do this, should I not? Should I work or should I not? Should I just stay at home or should I not? And I feel like in that season, this past year, God has said, Leslie Owen, I've called you to go make disciples. That's the mission. Your unique expression honor it. The giftings that I've given you, honor it. Don't be ashamed of them. Just go do it. But remember, you have intimate disciples in your home, four of them. Disciple them well. But don't forget that there is a world that I've called you to, and so you can't hide behind your motherhood either. I need you out here to disciple as well. And and it's like that became clear. Finally, that became clear. It wasn't a I, I, OK, I'm going to work, but then that's, that's wrong. And then I'm, I'm going to stay at home. But this is just so, I feel guilty that this isn't enough. And now it's a convergence of all of it. Because again, my identity is not in my motherhood. My identity is not in the work that I do. My identity is in him and who he's called me to be. And so he helped me remember I've ruthlessly slowed down. I've ruthlessly gotten rid of stuff that was just extra. I don't work on Fridays. I tell my clients, I don't work on Friday. And they say, well, that must be nice. I said, yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't work on Friday. I make it a point, although I'm not perfect at it, to be done with my work at four when the children are home. I make it a point, as best as I can, to be available to them on the weekends. Brett and I, as a married couple, are making it a point to value each other, not compete against each other. This is what God has done. I used to be so afraid of stopping. I thought my world would implode if I did. But in stopping and remembering, all of it has been restored. That woman in the video said, not only did I get my life back, I got so much more than I ever thought I would. Liam gave me um, a Mother's Day gift today. It was a little keychain that had his little writing on it. He's he's eight. He's in the kids ministry, and um, I have to tell you, Liam has kind of been my barometer, my thermometer of what my how I've been doing as a mom. <laughs> And you get a lot of those little reminders with your children. But Liam, in the midst of the crazy, when I was full throttle at work at that corporate job, he made me a Valentine's Day gift in school. It was a green heart, his favorite color. And he wrote in his little handwriting, and he said, I love you, mommy. Sometimes you get mad. <laughs> love Liam. <laughs> Children have an awareness, right? They, I mean, and I looked at that little green card, and I kept it. You know where I keep it? I keep it in Psalm 139. I put that green heart, Psalm 139. And so with Liam, I'm always looking and saying, like, just praying, like, Lord, am I available? Am I available? And so today, he gave me a little keychain. And it just had, you know, I love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. And, but there was this one part that I was just like, where did this come from? And he said, never give up, Mom. Keep trying. You're the best mom ever. <sighs> so, the power to remember is a superpower. Because the power to remember requires you to slow your pace down. Because when you slow your pace down, it gives you the space to remember. I want to end today with just that question, the question of who needs to remember. This goes across male, female, no matter your age, no matter your status, we are all called to remember where we came from, the covenant that we established with the Lord God Almighty. We're all called to remember who God really is. He is not a demanding father Revelation 3.20 says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And I think so many of us think that he's knocking and he's like, I need to fix you. Hurry up. Come on. I think others think that he's knocking because he wants to give us something else to do. But he's knocking at the door of your heart because he wants to come and just love you. Who needs to remember who God really is? And then finally, who needs to remember so what they pass down to their children, to their grandchildren, to their disciples in their space? Who needs to remember? So right now, I'm just going to lead you through a, a prayer. And in your own space, where you're seated, just between you and the Father, In your own heart, you've known that he's knocking. And maybe just like the Israelites, maybe you are also on the verge of going into a promised land. And maybe this promised land has just been everything that you've wanted it to be. You have have just built this promised land up. Maybe for others in here, you feel like you're in the desert and the promised land is nowhere in sight. Or maybe you are in that promised land, and it's not anything that you had expected. Let's remember. Let's remember. So Father, we come before you today. We thank you that we take this moment to pause. Nothing is more important than you and me here in this moment, and you. With every individual who is in this place. Nothing, nothing on our calendars, no family drama, no work drama, nothing is more important than being present with you here today. Help me remember. Help me remember, Jesus. Remember. Help me remember where I came from. Help me remember what you brought me through. Help me remember that I gave my life to you. I surrendered it. I said, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. Take my life. It's yours. Help me remember of the loving God that you are, the father that's represented in the prodigal son. You will wait for me. stand and you wait and you watch and you're not standing with arms that are closed across your chest you're standing with them open wide and we know that you're running towards us today you embrace us you love us and father may we never forget to pass this down because this is how the next generation remembers. To our children, to our grandchildren, to the disciples that you've placed in our lives. Father, help us remember. I thank you for this moment, God. I thank you for bringing me here to Radical Church. I thank you that you literally ordained this message because you wanted this church to hear it. What an honor it is today to be a part of this thriving body. I bless Pastor Trevor and Lindsay, their children. I bless the the people that help support and put this up. And, And Lord, I also pray that you have everything under control. You have their future in your hands. Nothing intimidates you. It only excites you with what's about to happen in this place. We worship you. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.